Hi, my name's Grant Fishbook, and I am honored to be the lead teaching pastor here at Christ the King Church in Bellingham, Washington. Thank you so much for choosing to access this online content today. We really hope you'll enjoy this message. One of our values here at Christ the King is biblical face-to-face -face community. And so while we are so excited that you joined us today online, I really want to encourage you. Make sure that this is never a replacement for face-to-face -face biblical community. Your story matters, you matter, and we want to see you get connected in a local church. Now, if you're here in our area, we would love to have you join us at any one of our five campuses. But if you find yourself outside of the Bellingham area, we really want you to get connected into a local church. So we hope and pray that that happens for you very, very soon. chasing something just out of reach. Power, pleasure, success, approval, wealth, wisdom. Solomon obtained all of these, yet at the end of his life, he said, it is only vapor, meaningless, like chasing the wind. But what if there's more to life? What if there's something worth the chase? All right, good morning, everybody. Uh, I want to welcome everyone to the sleep-in service. Those of you that are joining us online, we're glad that you are here with us. We just finished baptizing a whole bunch of people. That was the point of this morning. It was an incredible celebration, and we want to welcome you on board. And yes, I am keenly aware what time it is. So put your helmet and your seatbelt on, because here we go, all right? If you'd like to go to Israel with me, the information meeting is upstairs right after this service. Baptisms are a great way to kick off a brand new adventure in the Bible. We're going to spend 12 weeks in the 12 chapters of Ecclesiastes. This series is all about your life. It's all about living life with satisfaction, how to live without regrets. It's how to bring God into the discontent and the pain of life and how to find real meaning. This series is for every person in every stage of life. And I can honestly tell you, I'm only two chapters into this book and it's already doing a major overhaul of my heart. Let's start with the word Ecclesiastes. What in the world is that? Okay? Not like it showed up in regular conversation this past week. Okay? The word Ecclesiastes is a transliteration of several different kinds of languages, but the Hebrew word is Koheleth, and it simply means the assemblyman or the preacher. Okay? Someone is going to gather a group of people, and they're going to preach life lessons over us for the next 12 weeks, and it's not going to be me. Okay? The preacher is someone who knows a lot about life, but what I love about them the most is he knows how to get it wrong. I can so much more relate to somebody who gets it wrong than somebody who gets it right. Amen? Ecclesiastes 1 verse 1, the teacher identifies himself this way. He says, the words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. Now, there's a little speculation with regards to who the author is, but to me, it's absolutely obvious. Solomon, Okay. When you think of Solomon, I want you to think about the wisest person you've ever met. Not the smartest, the wisest person you've ever met. I want you to add the wealth of Bill Gates and Warren Buffett combined, which is not even close to what Solomon had, okay? I want you to add the looks of Brad Pitt and Channing Tatum. 
The fact that I even know those names is just weird to me. I'm just saying, okay? The legend of Leonardo da Vinci and the authority of Abraham Lincoln. That's Solomon, okay? Here was the problem. Solomon had it all, but he had no clue how to hold it all together. Everything is going for him, and yet he comes to this place in his life where he pivots and he looks back and he goes, there's got to be something more than this. I'm going to read the first chapter of Ecclesiastes to you, and then we're going to all give each other a hug and do some group therapy. Okay, are you ready? I warned you, if you've got a Bible or an app, you can follow along with me. Ecclesiastes 1, the Bible says, The words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What do people gain from all their labors at which they toil under the sun? Generations come, generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises, the sun sets, and it hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south, turns to the north. Round and around it goes, ever returning on its course. All streams flow into the sea, but the sea's never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. All things are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear its fill of hearing. What has been will be again. What's been done will be done again. There's nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, look, this is something new? I was here already long ago. It was here before our time. No one remembers the former generations, and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. I, the teacher, was king over Israel and Jerusalem. I applied my mind to study, to explore by wisdom all that is done under the heavens. What a heavy burden God has laid on mankind. I've seen all things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, just chasing after the wind. What's crooked can't be straightened. What's lacking can't be counted. I said to myself, look, I've increased in wisdom more than anyone who's ruled over Jerusalem before me. I've experienced much of wisdom and knowledge. Then I applied myself to the understanding of wisdom and also to madness and folly. And I learned that this too is just chasing after the wind. For with much wisdom comes much sorrow. The more knowledge, the more grief. And all God's people said, what in the world was that? I mean, don't you think Solomon needs a hug? <laughs> Somebody needs to talk him off the ledge. Some of you are wondering, Grant, why are you doing to, uh, this to us? That is really, really dark, and it is. I'll remind you of a truth we learned last week. In that much darkness, a little bit of light goes an awfully long way. You probably heard a word, dominate chapter one, the word was meaningless. He keeps saying, life is meaningless. Now, don't forget, this is coming from a guy who had it all, but found out that everything he had didn't satisfy, it didn't fill the hole in his soul, so he paints a word over top of his life, meaningless. Now, be careful with the word, okay? Hebrew words have different meanings for all the Princess Bride fans in the room. In the words of Inigo Montoya, you keep using that word, I don't think it means what you think it means, okay? It doesn't mean utterly worthless. Life has some value. The Hebrew word is havel. It's used 34 times, and it literally means vapor. That was your life. That's what Solomon's saying. You want to know how your life looks from heaven's perspective? Aren't you glad you came to church, right? <laughs> the word havel literally means vapor. It's a breath, right? Now, it's not utterly worthless because you can't live without breathing. You can't live without taking some of that steam, allowing it to condense, become water, and drink it. 
There's worth. But without the right focus, Solomon says it's just vanity. It's futile. It's temporary. Solomon's coming from a mindset that says, I got it all, but this is how I summarize my life. It's just poof and now it's gone. Some of your translations actually use the word vanity. It's vanity, vanity, all is vanity. And the truth is, we all think that way from time to time. Okay? It's a combination of self-focus and futility. It kind of goes like this. Why should I wash my car? It's going to get dirty again. Why mow the lawn? It's just going to grow again. Why cheer for the Mariners? I mean, we're just going to lose anyway, right? But for three glorious weeks, we were on top. All right, all right. I mean, why clean the house? It's just going to get dirty anyway, and we get stuck there. And the truth is, some of us are stuck right now. Your life's a hamster wheel. I get up, I go to work, I come home, I eat, I sleep. I get up, I go to work, I come home, I eat, I sleep. I get up, I go to work, I come home, I watch Survivor, I eat, I sleep. (laughs) And it just feels meaningless. It's Groundhog Day all over again. Nothing changes. There's nothing new. There's nothing new, so we just come up with new names for it. It's not old anymore. It's vintage. (laughs) And we find ourselves in this place like there's no new ideas. There's no new content. Every reality show is just a spin on Survivor. Every scandal that's on the front of the page is as old as the Bible. It's just a refresh of the same broken humanity. It's a vapor. It's here. It's gone. Stick with me, okay? Stick with me. It's spoken 34 times in the book, meaningless. And then there's another phrase that keeps showing up. The phrase is under the sun, little s-u-n. For the sake of time, I'm going to tell you what it means. 29 times in the book, it means life without God. Life under the sun is the life that we all choose to live apart from God. And Solomon was there. Solomon knew what God wanted for him and from him, and he decided to do it his own way. There were moments when he walked closely with God, but just like all of us, suddenly his priorities slipped. His morality was forgotten. His position became his God, and he gets to the end of his life, and he's just flat out miserable. He was the king who forgot who the king was. And the truth is, boy, we all do that, don't we? We like Jesus. Jesus is awesome. Jesus is cool until he shows up and says, you're going to need to die if you actually want to follow me. You're going to have to give up everything. You're going to have to take up your cross every single day. And then we get a little bit offended because uh, my priorities, I don't know about yours, but they're, they're established mostly until I get a better option, or until the sun comes out. I can talk a big game like all of us about our morality, but then we've got this secret thing that happens. I worship my own position because truth be told, like all of us, I love me. And I have a wonderful plan for my life. And Jesus better know his role and stay out of my way. For some of us, we look at it, right? Jesus is my spare tire. He's in the trunk and that's where he belongs until I have a crisis or emergency. And then he better show up, bail me out of the problem. And if he doesn't, then I guess God doesn't love me. For all of us, we're the king of our own kingdom. Solomon's there, and I'm going to tell you again, he gets to the end of it with everything, and he's miserable. Some of you are wondering, Grant, are you doing this series on purpose during the summer? (laughs) Like when the sun is actually out in Whatcom County? 
Like we get 12 nice weekends a year. And now you're saying that, that, that we actually have to make decisions about our priorities? Absolutely. That's exactly what I'm doing. And the reason that I'm doing that is because if Solomon was here, he would say this. The sun out there doesn't matter if the sun's not raining in here. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to choose. Not out of guilt. Out of priority. What if we all had something to learn? What if I've got something to learn? We're actually going to dive into this book together. So out in the comments today, there are inductive Bible study guides. It's a big fancy word. It just means we're going to do this together. I'm going to invite you to grab one of those sheets every week as you're leaving and to study the chapter that's coming. So next week, we're going to do chapter two. I'm going to ask you to spend a week in Ecclesiastes chapter two. We're going to do a system. It's called ProAPT, Okay. ProApt, it's pretty simple. We borrowed it from some wonderful folks known as Chi Alpha. They're a great Bible, um, a, a great Bible ministry right here in, uh, right here in the U.S. And ProApt stands for this. You start your study with the word pray. You just pray, God speak to me. God speak to me. And then you read, you actually read the passage. You read it slowly. You can read it in different translations. If you don't have the Version Bible app on your phone, you need to download that today because it will give you all different kinds of options. You take the passage, you slowly ingest it, you marinate it, and then you observe and you just start writing stuff down. What's this saying about God? What's this saying about me? What are the warnings? What are the encouragements? Who's talking? Who's actually listening in the passage? And then you apply it. What's God speaking to me? What do I need to apply today? What do I need to change? What do I need to shift? What do I need to bring to God in confession? And then you pray again. We use a little acrostic around here called ACTS, okay? A-C-T-S. ACTS, you start with adoration. You just tell God how amazing he is. Then there's confession. You bring to God everything that you know that you've done to break his heart last week. And just in case you're wondering, uh, there's no surprises. He knows it all. That's what makes grace so beautiful. The T is thanksgiving. You thank God for all of his blessings because I'll tell you what, we have been blessed in this country. And then you wrap it up with supplication, which just simply means it's humbly asking for what you need, not what you want, what you need. Proapt finishes with the word, or the little letter T. The T is an interesting part of it because none of this was meant to be poured into your heart and then never shared with anybody else. T means tell. Who can I share this with? When am I actually planning on, on sharing what I've learned to someone that God's placed in my heart? It's pro-apt. We're going to talk more about this in the weeks to come. Let's learn this together because I need to close, all right? Solomon gets to the end of his life. He's wealthy beyond your wildest dreams. He has wisdom. He has appearance. He's got it all. And he looks from the end of his life back the other direction. And this is how he sums it all up. There's nothing new under the sun. Little S-U-N. All is meaningless. That's the summary of his whole life. And he's got it all. There are people in Whatcom County who feel exactly the same way because last weekend I was driving down the road. Someone pulled by me with a bumper sticker. This is what it said. Life sucks and then you die. <laughs> yeah, I want to be your friend, right? It's just like, yeah. <laughs> Got to be something more than that, right? That's Solomon's conclusion of the matter. Can I share with you God's conclusion of the matter? God would say, no, 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 you don't understand. Everything is new under the sun, capital S-O-N, Everything is meaningful. 
Jesus had a contrary opinion about how life was supposed to work. Jesus said this in John 13. He goes, a new command. Not a, not a refreshed command. Not a, a new marketing uh, uh, style about this particular command. No, not an old command. Not recycled. I mean, it's a new command. I give you love one another. As I've loved you, so you must love one another. Another, that's the new way we're supposed to learn how to live that's actually meaningful, not meaningless. The Apostle Paul picks up the same theme. 2 Corinthians 5, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor is not in vain. Solomon is saying, vanity, vanity. Jesus is saying, life, life. It's different under God's kingdom. We just got to see all these stories. But can I tell you something about the stories? God was in charge, but he used all different kinds of people. There's a grandma in this room who gave their granddaughter a Bible 28 years ago. It was not in vain. That gift was not in vain because when her life fell apart, guess what she ran to? The word of God. There were people who were standing here. You've been praying for some of these people their whole life. It was not in vain. The people who were getting in and out of the tank that were accompanying people, they were someone very important that walked alongside of them when these folks were broken and lost, and now they got an opportunity to get a paycheck in the tank. Everything you poured, the late night phone calls, the moments when you interrupted your life to go and help them, the moment when you fell on your face and said, God, please intervene. It wasn't in vain. It was not meaningless. It was meaningful. Amen. Jesus says it even more boldly. He says, I want you to learn from the mistakes of the preacher. Jesus is teaching here. Solomon is, is great. He had amazing wisdom. By the way, it came from Jesus. He had amazing wealth. wealth. By the way, it came from Jesus. <laughs> He had amazing disobedience that didn't come from Jesus. And he wants us to learn from it. Listen to Jesus talk in Matthew chapter 12. The queen of the south will rise at the judgment with this generation and he will she will condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom. Underline this last line. And now something greater than Solomon is here. That something greater is actually a someone and that someone at the end of the book has this happen. Revelation 21, 5. He who was seated on the throne, just in case you're wondering, that's Jesus. He who was seated on the throne said, I'm making everything new. You're like, Grandma, my story's too far gone. No, it's not. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You're not too far gone. You've just been planted a little deeper. But your story's not over. Your story's not. What I loved about this 1115 service is I got to hear some of the stories. So many of our brothers and sisters who were baptized today, they thought that they were a foregone conclusion. They thought they were finished. They learned something. Jesus will chase you if you run. Because he loves you, because he wants to pursue you, because he wants to bring you home. Behold, I'm making everything new. So I'm gonna wrap up. I want you to go with me to the very last day of your life. Let's just fast forward. For some of you, it's a long time. For others of us, we're a little closer, all right? 
Let's reverse engineer our life for just a moment. There's two possible outcomes at the end of your life. You're either going to revel and celebrate what God did because you chose to live life under the sun, capital S-O-N, or you're going to regret your life because your priorities were completely messed up because you lived life under the little S-U-N and your life's meaningless. It's one of two options. Because there's two options, it means you've got two choices right here, right now. You can resign to the fact that this is it if you want to. You can say, like, I think I'm done. I don't think I have anything more to gain. I mean, there's nothing new. I've blown it. I've used up all the opportunities. I'm not sure God's got any more amazing grace for me. Just so you know, that's a lie. It's more than enough grace. You can resign yourself or you can resolve in your heart right now to go a different direction because all of us only get one of these. So you get to choose. As a pastor, I get to spend a lot of people in the final moments of their life. It's an honor to be there. I've had the privilege of standing in rooms with people at the end of their life, and it was standing room only. Their family, their friends, their church, their small group, they're all there. Nurses are having to push people out of the way to try and get to the person on the bed. And even though it may be difficult and filled with sorrow, it's also beautiful. Because if that person knows Jesus, there's hope in the room. In fact, for some of us, there's even a little bit of jealousy because their last breath here is their first breath in heaven. And, and they're going to get their well done, good and faithful servant. And, and it's an upgrade for some people, it's beautiful. Sometimes I'm standing in the room alone with just the person in the bed. I've had this happen to me where a person handed me a cell phone and said, Grant, can you try my kids just one more time? Maybe if you ask them, they'll come. Just want to say goodbye. Which way do you want to finish? Are you resigned to an outcome that says, life's meaningless, I'm going to die alone? Or are you resolved to doing it differently? Here's the question. What do you need to do today to make sure your life has meaning at the end? Some of you need to take Jesus seriously. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. For the love of God, some of you need to go home this afternoon and mow your lawn for the sake of your neighborhood. <laughs> Because everybody can't stand you because you're like seed and dandelions all over the place. And, and you need to steward God's gift, all right, for some of you. Some of you, you need to forgo mowing the lawn and take your kids on a picnic because they're going to remember that more than you out in your front yard pushing a lawnmower. Amen. Some of you need to go and make some memories so that when you get to the end of your life, you can revel, not regret. That's what this whole series is about. It's about putting meaning in all of our lives. And I'll tell you what, I need it as much as anybody. Because for all of us, I could have swore yesterday I was 23 years old. I could have swore yesterday Braden and McKenna were five and three. They're married and gone. 
Some of you are like, wow, like I, I just, is it really like that? Yeah, it is. We had an older lady that Laurel and I went to visit one time. Her name was Lily. Lily said, uh, she was in her 90s, and she said, the, the days are longer, but the years are shorter. Amen. You know why? Because that's it. I'm going to finish with these words. I'm reading Ecclesiastes 1 over and over and over again, and I'm taking Tylenol. <laughs> And I'm hugging random staff people because I just needed the encouragement. Um, and I'm struck by a thought. The same guy who wrote those words, everything is meaningless, he wrote something else when he was younger. Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge him. And he will make your path straight. I wonder if Solomon was somehow thinking to himself, boy, I wish I would have stuck with that. I wish I would have stayed closer to God. I, I, I wish I would have just played life differently. I wish I would have chosen to reprioritize and restructure in a way that I could do it so that my life was truly lived out under the capital S-O-N son, not the little S-U-N son. So we have choices to make priorities to think about. And the preacher, not me, is going to teach us for the next 12 weeks. I invite you to study this with me, to dive deep. Let's go where a few people are, are courageous enough to go. Would you stand with me as we close? Father God, life is, it's a vapor. It's here and then it's gone. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters this week. I pray that we, would, that we would strive this week with everything that we have to partner with you because we know that you want meaningful for us, not meaningless. So God, as we make every decision, as we decide today how to live our life, God, may we do it in a way that allows us to joyfully say, I lived this day under the Son of God, Jesus himself. So God, teach us and shape us, mold us and make us into people who'd look a little bit more like Jesus every day. We thank you for every person who was baptized. We thank you for every person who was able to baptize today. And we thank you for everyone who came to support and encourage them along the way. God, what an amazing journey we are blessed to be a part of. We pray these things in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. You're out of here. Thanks again for watching. We're so glad that you joined us today. Once again, we hope you'll get involved in biblical face-to-face -face community wherever you happen to be today. If you'd like more information about Christ the King Community Church, if you'd like to give online, or if you'd like to submit a prayer request, or even get connected in a small group, you can find out more about us at ctk.church.